It's the Blues To Do podcast for June 21st, 2018. And before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, Suquamish Clearwater Casino Resort, presenting Robert Cray, July 29th in uh, the casino there on Bainbridge Island. Thanks again for your sponsorship. All right, you can always find uh, our previous podcasts at www.bluestodo.com. And if you missed this one, you can find it there too. All right, this show is going to feature a little bit of archives from the Blues To Do TV show from about 10 years ago. Um, I was joined by James Earlybird, a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, who just passed away last year. And he and I were conversing about many things, actually, uh, but mostly the common thread was the legacy of Michael Jackson, who had just passed away, uh, like, that day. So a few select clips of uh, Michael's music as well, and we'll feature conversation with James Earlybird, the late great, here on Blues To Do. The Blues To Do podcast is a weekly adventure, and uh, please join us every week. It is happy summer, happy graduation, happy gay pride. It's everything in June. So um, I hope you're having fun. Lots of festival information. You can always find it at www.bluestodo.com. And we'll get to our reason of the week for the blues at the end of the podcast. I think you know where I'm going there. Tell you what, it's on the lips of everyone. Um, And something about the Poor People's Campaign. That is what re-inspired me to get back to broadcasting. We'll talk about that a little bit. All right, it is the Blues To Do Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Well, reason of the week for the blues kind of changes day by day sometimes. And uh, yesterday, you've been hearing about it all day, and you've been hearing his music. Michael Jackson passed away unexpectedly for many of us. And uh, here to talk with us about that, Jim Earlybird, a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, you, you knew the Jackson family, the whole very family. Very well, very well. Uh-huh. And uh, played music on the air, some of their music, maybe well, a little. We are a little, yeah. But uh, I had I had a relationship with Pop with uh, Joe Jackson when uh, a disc jockey named uh, E. Rodney Jones from WVON in Chicago took us over there. My family and I, uh, my four daughters and uh, and a wife at that time. What year was that? 1956. 56. You were yeah. just talking about what years uh, the other day with Mavis. We're going to get to that in just yeah, a second. Okay. <laughs> so now 56. You were on the radio. Yes. And this was a visit to Kate. You said W V O N. V O N. Voice of the Negro. That's Voice what that of the meant. Negro is yeah. that standard for. And that mm-hmm. was in Chicago. Yes. Okay. Fifty six. And, and he took me. Rodney took us out to hear this little group rehearse in their home, um, uh, in Gary, Indiana. And I thought they were good. And Rodney said, "I'm going to take them to Barry Gordy." So, and uh, they made one record on their own, on their own Jackson label that didn't do very much. So and why that, was that? Why well, do you think that was? the sound that particular time uh, was not happening. For Frankie Lyman and the teenage and all the teenage thing had gone for, for then. And that particular time, a, a young kid that young was, was, wasn't going to be accepted uh, by the rhythm and blues jocks like myself. And because this is a teeny bopper thing, right. and we didn't cater to them, we catered to the old folks yeah. and the, you know, the young adults and things. 
But I had a ball over Jack over to Jackson's house. They made some biscuits and and things, soul food like that. Mm -hmm. And um, and all the boys would run around strumming the guitars and things. So that was my first visit with them. And then when I went back to Chicago to visit Leonard Chess, remember him? Mm -hmm. Leonard Chess, another guy named Urit Abner, who was uh, one of the great um, engineers, right? Yeah, no, he was a, 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 an executive for oh. VJ Records. R&B label, Jimmy Reed recorded for, and Mavis Staples and the Swan Silvertones. They all recorded for these things. So as a result, we would go to Chicago to just a visit, and then we'd go to somebody's home, either up-and-coming artist, we'd go to Muddy's house, eat pig feet and things like that. I can tell it now. Yeah, I ate pig feet. <laughs> Chitlins too. Mm -hmm. But what happened was, and these little kids were running around barefooted and everything, and my daughter Tanya, who had done seven years with Sirius in, uh, in, in New York, and seven with um, uh, Radio One and TV One, and I'm very, very proud of her. So you know, they were all growing up together. And then, but uh, six months later, came a little boy named Stephen Morris. Stephen Morris. Oh, Stephen Morris. Help me, help me. Stevie Wonder. Oh, I knew that, but it was way back here. Yeah, yeah, Morris. Hey, he came, right. out, came out of Saginaw, Michigan, and he was little Stevie Wonder then. And so they hooked him up with um, with with the Jacksons. They did some things together. Well, now he was little, but then the Jacksons were not even Jackson Five yet. That was no, previous to no. Jackson Five. Yeah, they they were the Jackson Five. They were just a group of young kids. We I didn't know they even had a name. And the music was changing. You were on the air, but the music was starting to become more mass appeal. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. From just a black audience yeah, crossover. to a, to a crossover audience, mm -hmm. and you were part of bringing that music yeah. to uh -huh. people. I, I did because. Uh, when I started, a group like a Jackson 5 would not get much play on my show. Why? Because it didn't fit what I was doing, because don't forget, I'm the groovy daddy. I'm the man, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sold all the way. And these little teeny boppers came through saying, I'll take you there, I'll, I'll take me back, and that'll be. <laughs> That's right. And he was bringing this new, when new thing in. Faster beat. Yeah, but I had to accept it because it came so fast uh, and with so much, so much power it was in a it. smash. I mean, and then he started doing the Billy Jean and then mm. thing called Beat It. Mm. And uh, 
and they had the best routine of any group. Right. And Michael could outdance anyone else oh, except yeah. James Brown. Right, right. So he I learned got, from James, didn't that's he? That's right. They got that moonwalk and everything from the Godfather soul. And um, we saw the DVD that uh, the Apollo recordings, the sessions there. Yeah, you did see that. Well, you're in it. You're in it, of course. Well, We've been yes, showing I'm it on just, our show. I'm humble. I don't know <laughs> about that. But in that, you do see some moonwalking. Yes. Way before uh -huh. Michael Jackson's uh -huh. time. And by the way, speaking to me, I'm, just, I'm probably just uh, 60 years behind the mic. 60 years behind Six the mic. Old, yeah. And now he's on camera. Look out. Jim Earlybird with us tonight. Talking about Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson, the Jackson 5, the Jackson family. Um, and then uh, playing the music. Uh, uh, so, so, and the elder sister was on uh, Good Times, if you remember. Not Good Times. Was it Good Times? Yeah. Uh, what's what's her name? Janet. You're not talking about Janet Jackson. Janet, yeah, she was oh, actually, the baby yeah, sister. Young, young actress on, on, uh, on, oh, right, on right, Good right, Times. Right, yeah. Good Times. And she was talented, perhaps more so than the rest of them. The rest of them can sing background things, but nobody had the charisma that Michael had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Michael, he, he would, he would make a preacher put his Bible down, Lord, I'm telling you, <laughs> he was just that good, just dynamic. And we had one thing in show business, never follow a child's act on on animal act. And Michael would kill everything, that, when we used to kill him, he was he would rock everything within sight. Mm -hmm. And everybody, the engineers, the janitors, everybody would stop and come and watch this boy. And he was just so dynamic. He'd throw his hat back and he, they tried to hook him up with Diana Ross and things like that. He did the, once they did a movie, The Wiz, I believe it was, with, with Diana Ross. The Wiz. And, yeah. And uh, we thought that was kind of weird, but it was, it was a hit. Well, and, and he grew up as a smash, he knew that he could entertain people That's right. in a heartbeat with mm -hmm. not even really trying he could entertain and he, people. It's, so. just, it's just amazing how he could do that now. And again, I'm not particular, was not particularly fond of, of the Jackson 5 thing, but um, after a while I had to go get it and uh, I'll take it back, I'll take it back. And <laughs> I had the kids saying that it's just, and it, it grew on you. Oh yeah. And if you didn't play it, you didn't have a radio show long either. That's right. That's right. You lost your job. No, dude. I'm telling you. So no ratings if you didn't play the no, Jackson No, no, you didn't play the Jackson. If you didn't play them, well, you probably didn't have a job. And I'm I'm right in that demographic where we were little little girls in the basement playing the 45, mm -hmm. using a carrot or whatever we did for the yeah, microphone. Yeah. We had a thing <laughs> draped over the lamp, and the lamp came break. I still got a scar on my leg from that. But Dave, anyway, we. Can I see? He left a mark. Let's oh, just put it okay, that way. He, he left a mark. <laughs> For me personally as I'm well. Nasty. You are, you are. I'm not letting you go there. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But but truly um, an amazing uh, piece of, of work uh, when you talk about all the songs he wrote. Um, it's just amazing. Song after song after song was huge hit. He owned his own publishing firm too. So he was he had smart uh, uh, management after he left started leave before he left the Jackson Five. But he knew, he learned about publishing, he knew about writing, and he got Q, Quincy Jones, to make, to make sure he do the arrangements and things, and Quincy was mesmerized by him. And even, I mean, it's just amazing the career this young guy had, and uh, it's hard to believe he's 50. Right. Only 50, and yet, only yet he's, he's gone. He's always young to everybody. Yeah, and, and really, as a country, we're mourning because he was so much a part of everybody's experience all over the world. In all crossing all, all media, media. I saw on TV today in Germany, in Switzerland, mm -hmm. Japan, exactly. Germany. 
It's just amazing. Well, and Thriller was one of the first significant videos on MTV. If I recall, that was artistically way above what anybody else was doing at the time. MTV was just starting to show people videos, and it was amazing but, what but did you did. Did you realize that MTV didn't show uh, artists of color on that when they started? They had no. They had no artists of color until Michael no. Jackson. No, Michael. Showed up. Michael took called the racist and everything else you could think about. And so MT decided to give him little wanted to break, you know, give somebody he wanted to break, and they they had no choice. Well, they Michael had to Michael Jackson was, was was responsible for that, breaking Make, the color no, barrier. Yes, mm -hmm. indeed, with MTV, mm -hmm. and um, that it, was huge. It, it was. It was huge it because was, it was television. Yeah. It wasn't just radio, which that the TV had all the power mm -hmm. before then. And uh, is MTV still on? I think so. I mean, I Anybody know? MTV, yeah, okay. It's still on, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't I think cable. I watch Country and Western now. <laughs> I'm on cable. How did I, I, I say that? I watch Charlie Pride. What's that? But you know, Charlie Pride. Gay Pride? No, Charlie Pride. Gay Pride's this weekend, too. I want to make sure I <laughs> mention that. <laughs> I got that in, didn't I? Charlie yeah, Pride. You, you are naughty. No, I'm not naughty. You are naughty. <laughs> Me? Oh. I didn't say anything about that. No, really. Charlie Pride. What do you guys want to say about Charlie Pride? No, he, he was a, a great fan, fan of Michael's. Really? He, uh, it's just amazing that you would think he, he would be in the country and western thing, but he knew as much about R&B stuff as we did. <laughs> he didn't forget his roots. And uh, I, you know, we're not talking about Charlie, but, the thing, but do you know he had albums two years before they put his picture out? Right, I heard about that. I've seen the album covers. They, they did not put a, put a cover on of a, a, a Charlie Pratt on a cover of his albums for two years. The first eight albums, uh, they wouldn't do it. And he was still, still liking money. Mm -hmm. He's a Mississippi boy. Right, right. And so he grew up with that. He grew up with Gene Nobles, the guys down at WLAC, as did the Jacksons, as did Sam Cooke. And by the way, who also idolized Michael idolized was Sam Cooke. Because Sam could control a crowd just like Michael could. And I just wish I had to tell him, boy, if I, if I could have done that, I'd be a, probably be a millionaire. Well, they I probably would have been, huh? They both hit those high notes. They did, yeah. And and, and, and make it make it that's make it sound good and soulful. All the women just oh, melt at the corners. Old, young, every, in between and everything. I'll it was just me, amazing. I'll be there. Oh my, yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, what was his first million seller? Let's see, uh, ABC? Is that the one I'm yeah, thinking that's of? That's the Jackson Five, five yeah. Um, and uh, then back I'll in, be he, there. Had, he had a thing called Back at Home in Indiana. He did one. It was never a really, really big hit, but it was on one of the Motown uh, albums, Back Home in Indiana. He never forgot Indiana. Mm -hmm. Once they came in Gary, which was a, a predominantly black town, mm -hmm. uh, and this is where they came from. And Cadillac they, Assembly Line in Gary. That's right. Jimmy Reed works out there, and all, all, all most of the blues Albert singers. Albert King. Yeah. Yeah, Albert, yeah, Albert King and uh, um, Billy, 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 I think, Billy Boy Arnold. You all you heard of him out here, I know. All these guys worked on the seminar. Poor Jimmy Reed, he he said, they still owe me a check now, they're gonna pay me my money. And they, all, they all did that. But uh, Joe Jackson was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. He was, he was he, wasn't he? Oh my goodness, he was not, he was, but he pushed those kids so fast that Michael uh, really wanted to um, to have a childhood. See, he never had roller skates and and be able to go out and scratch his knees on the sidewalk and things. That's the and they story were we've yeah, been hearing. That's yeah. it. It's true. And they were they were self-taught, uh, you know, tutored. 
And I have to get through two in the back to the pressure. Heavy discipline, heavy discipline. Oh, very much. And, and that kind of bothered him a little bit. That kind of bothered Janet and, uh, and, and all the rest of them. You're tuned to the Blues To Do podcast. My name is Marley Walker, and I'm being joined by the late, great James Earlybird from a previous recording when we had a TV show, Blues To Do TV, here in Seattle. Bird joined me June 26th, 2009, and it was uh, the day that, uh, I think, the day after Michael Jackson had passed away, so he and I were talking about all kinds of things with the common thread of Michael Jackson, so stay tuned, more to come. It's Blues To Do. Well, for the young girls, uh, 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 they need some playtime. That's right. Yeah. Me, he had never had a chance to roller skate, mm-hmm. and so this is one thing that really bothered him. And um, he always thought it was Peter Pan. I don't know who Peter Pan was, but he always associated himself with Peter Pan. And maybe some of you guys can tell me what, what was the who was an that? animated character with. Um, Fantasy life, if you will, uh, the the wand and the Never Never Land. Was oh, that where Never Never Land yeah, came that's from? Yeah, where Never Never Land came well, from. Well, I didn't know this because I wasn't following. But he he thought he thought I was saying he was Peter Pan. I said, man, you crazy, Peter? Who? Well, and people said he Peter wanted Wolf. to recreate his childhood. That's what he spent his life doing. With, he, you know, he, with he, his, never, he never had a childhood, and so, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of hard. But I would like to have had that kind of childhood too. Get rich when you're five years old, become a millionaire. <laughs> Well, and he had a, he had a big picture mind. He he wrote songs that brought the world together. He did. Yeah. We are the world in particular, uh, helping out hunger in Africa on a big mm-hmm. level. And we before are the other people were yeah, doing that, shows that, like that. That did not floored me. That was way ahead of everybody else's, everybody else's time. efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Man in the Mirror is another great song. Someone mentioned that in our audience tonight, and I I, I was moved by that song. Even if you're not listening to the radio format where mm-hmm. it's going to be heard, that kind of music gets through to you. It does. It's too, timeless, yeah. and the lyrics it are goes to the, Go to the intestine, you know. Right, going to your intestines, get to, right. Good. <laughs> well, it'll do you. It'll move you. Um, I want to thank J- John Gullah for help, helping us out bringing his uh, Michael Jackson disc in tonight. Mine's on vinyl. I, I was selling records in a record store Who? when Thriller came out, vinyl? and I sold so many copies of Thriller. 
and, and, and a little bit of uh, What's the Wyndham Hill label was hot then too. But um, What's vinyl? Vinyl? Records, you know, spinning. No. You mean it wasn't always... Cue it up with a needle, you know what I'm talking about. By the way, they come, vinyl's coming back. Vinyl's coming back, that's what I've heard. Yes, you heard it right. I'll get my Michael Jackson Thriller album out and then. And it, it'll be worth some money, too. It will. Yeah, it will. Um, he rescued the music business. He, when no, you're talking no, about vinyl to CD... No question. Tell us about that period in the late 70s. What, from, from vinyl to CD? Well, we, 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 we weren't going to play any, any, any CDs. And people were not buying records anymore. They no, stopped buying stopped records. No, stopped buying it all Until together. Thriller came out, and then they said, well, maybe we will buy another record. Well, what I record was working in this little record store. It was a gas station in Spokane. <laughs> so, yeah, they weren't making a lot of money. And, and I was lucky that they sold so many copies of Thriller because they could actually pay my $3.30 an hour. Yeah, you know. three, my goodness. Okay, the record so, sold for a dollar? <laughs> no, I'm sure they sold for like nine something. Nine what? Nine or ten dollars, the Thriller record. No, no. Um, when you in the record store, what did the record retail for? Somewhere around there, if I remember. Around ten oh. bucks. I mean, for singles. Oh, no, it wasn't a single. It was a full LP. It was. You had to buy the whole LP. Mm -hmm. But that was, that was a time period when it was like Ruth Brown saving... Uh, the record the label, the, yeah, the R&B, thing, you know, and all the all the guys who got, uh, I thought say residuals, but uh, got royalties, the, yeah, royalties, yeah, and God bless her soul, she was really responsible for doing that. And and when you talk about Michael Jackson and owning his own copyrights, I was looking through all my blue CDs and I can't find anything where there's a compilation where he's on there or someone covered one of his songs. Michael I mean, Jackson was he Michael was so Jackson. Unique. Right, nobody touched his stuff. He didn't share anything with he didn't anybody. Didn't share it. If it's Michael Jackson's record, it was Michael all the way. It was. And uh, he was like that, and it worked for him. So you go with what brought you to the dance. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I appreciate you Is coming in. Well, I thank you for talking about this about me Michael to come Jackson. Back and Tell me what what uh, you did. You didn't. You had a birthday in April. Yes. We had a big party. I haven't really seen you since then. That's right, Dave. Did it take a while to recover? No, <laughs> oh. it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't that. Uh, I had some problems, health problems. Oh. And uh, you can see I'm not opening my mouth tonight. You can't call me motor mouth tonight. Well, everything okay, though? Yeah, I'm cool. It's all working? Yeah, I'm cool. God's okay. been good. Okay. And I'm back. I'm looking forward to coming back. Uh, on Blues to Do TV because I've got some people watching me in New York. Oh, good. And, uh, Hi, New York. Hi, hello, New York. And and you saw Mavis Staples the other night. First time. Uh, she, she saw you, was it? She, she saw me. <laughs> it was both. And she said she had not, well, I met her in 1955. <laughs> Let me see. And, 55 years? Yes. Like, she, she was like 15 years old and, and they had that? made their first record. And I felt so good when she introduced me and had me stand up, take a bun, got to get a standing O. Uh, and she ran out of time. She didn't even get to sing Respect I, Yourself. No, 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 I'll take she you there. She took time to introduce you instead. <laughs> well, <laughs> you said it, I didn't. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, But yeah. thank you, Mavis, wherever you are, baby girl.
Town Universal Best of 20th Century Masters Millennium Collection that came out in the year 2000 featured uh, all three tracks that we took a little sample from Rock and Robin, Ben, and People Make the World Go Round. That's uh, so relevant still today. A little blues to do news. Well, the deadline to vote in the Living Blues Awards is July 15th. And let's see, nominees include Shamika Copeland, who is on our Blues To Do calendar. You can see more at www.bluestodo.com. It's time for the Reason of the Week for the Blues, and I tell you what, Michael Jackson, so relevant, even at 14 years old, so relevant still today. Uh, Whether you're watching television or listening to the radio or getting it on the YouTube or wherever else you're getting your information, you're finding out about the immigration issue and the tearing up of families. Um, Here in the Northwest, there's a lot of news about an organization that is raising money for the lawyers that are helping the children and the immigrants that need lawyers. Um, So uh, whether it's a fundraiser for lawyers or you're going on Facebook, $21 million has already been raised on Facebook for this issue. And lots of people even corporations standing up saying not in our name, whether it's Cynthia Nixon or American Airlines or United Airlines, um, we're united in this, uh, this situation. None, nobody likes it. And uh, so, yes, uh, it's our reason of the week for blues. I think they had other, I had a list of them. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Thanks for tuning in. It is Blues To Do, the Blues To Do podcast. And my name is Marley Walker. Live in the blues until next week.